0: Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast with your hosts Reese Downing and Jacob Workman. What's going on, guys? welcome to tnt tuesday night touchdown podcast uh nfl edition week nine uh with me as always is my co-host jacob workman jake what's going on man
1: what's going on everyone
0: not too much not too much all right let's jump right into it last week's pick results uh workman and i both finished eight seven and one we had that one game that was a push uh, locks uh, for us. We both picked Detroit as a lock. I was really concerned about that, leading all the way up to the numbers hitting zero. But we, but I didn't catch the bug, so uh, we both hit that lock last week. Um, that's good news for us. Total records uh, right now. Jake is sitting at fifty-eight, sixty-two and two, and I am sitting at fifty-nine, sixty-one and two. So we are both very, very close to getting above that five hundred mark, and that is the goal here. Here, so. Um, Moving forward, uh, before we jump into some NFL action, I want to kick some things off just like last week by uh, congratulating Coach Ovi and the Delta Eagles again for winning their semifinal sectional matchup against school rival Yorktown Tigers. Coach Ovi's 50th win, uh, Delta went into halftime up 21-7 and staved off a second half push by the Tigers to win the game 24-21. Special shout-out to senior running back Caden Bonds who had an awesome game, 16 carries for 174 yards and two touchdowns on the night as well as an Eagles defensive squad that did a great job stopping the run, pressuring the quarterback, and maintaining coverage in a lot of man schemes to slow down the Tigers' offense. Uh, We had a chance to touch base with Coach Overholt today um, and asked him about the game and their upcoming matchup, and he gave us a quote here, so I'll read that off here quickly. A huge win for us last week, beat a very well-coached team in the tournament, bragging rights for 365 days. Garrett is a gritty team, heavy run and ball control offense, very athletic quarterback that's also a good runner and in play action. Their defense is young, but aggressive. They've had a great week of practice, got to practice in snow yesterday, which is ridiculous considering it was October and why Workman and I now live in Charleston. Um, Always a big deal to play football in November. Should be a physical matchup on Friday. Field conditions will be sloppy. Also love introducing our culture to teams for the first time. This will be our first matchup ever. Uh, so the Eagles led by quarterback Bronson Edwards in that stellar defensive squad. will move on to the sectional championship this Friday to face Garrett high school. Uh, we assume that's at Garrett because he mentioned sloppy field positions, uh, conditions, excuse me. And, uh, the Eagles play on turf. Uh, so look for that game on Friday night, uh, workman. We both watched that game last Friday. What were your thoughts on how the Eagles performed during the win?
1: Uh, yeah, I just, I just wanted to continue with what you said about Caden bond. I absolutely loved watching him last week. Uh, got he's got the swagger he comes out he's a little bit of a badass i, I love watching him run 174 yards two touchdowns against uh, the most hated team Delta. You, you know it's a good night so yeah, right. i just want to say congratulations again to uh, our friend coach overhaul his huge win um and good luck this week at garrett
0: that's right that's right go get a win boys um continue that that momentum all right let's uh let's talk about the trade deadline that passed yesterday at 4 p.m it was a little bit of a lackluster trade deadline. I think we we're anticipating uh, some more players to get involved, uh, players being the owners trying to find some some moves. Um, the biggest trade of the day involved defensive end Chase Young, who got shipped to San Francisco for a 2024 third-round pick. The Niners continue their aggression in the trade market for the second year in a row now. As last year, they landed star quarter running back Christian McCaffrey and have now even further bolstered a tremendous defensive squad with Young playing opposite of Nick Bosa. The Niners have also recently acquired Randy Gregory earlier in the month, and now they have a front line that includes Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave with San Francisco on a bye week They have some extra time to get Chase Young acclimated to their playbook. What do you think of this trade and how it impacts the overall picture in the NFC, given that the Niners have lost their last three games?
1: Uh, I mean, it's obviously huge. You add any, any type of talent like that to your team going opposite end of Bosa. I mean, that's just ridiculous. It's at, Really, I'm going to start this by saying how disappointed I am that the Lions didn't go after Sweat or Young. We we all knew both Washington defensive ends were available, and neither team really gave up a whole ton to get them. Um, I, I think it's unfortunate. I, I really wish the Lions would have went out and got one of them. If we could have paired Chase Young on the opposite side of Aiden Hutchinson, it would have been huge for the playoff push. Um, for the sake of this, though, for Chase Young and the Niners, I, I do think it's huge. Um, anytime you can add another pass rusher and that type of talent, I mean, it's a big deal, especially when you're loading them up with an already great defense. Um, it, it's kind of like what we talked about with Philly in the draft this year. Like, you're just adding talent on talent on talent. Like, it's at some point, it becomes not fair. And this is one of those things. I, I think it's a huge addition. Um, obviously, Chase Young does have to stay healthy. There there are the issues with that. But, I, I, I mean you can't fault them for making this move for those littles they gave up.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And to like to further bolster that, like it just, it just shows like aggression pays off. Um, you know, San Francisco's added a lot of really good weapons at these, at these trade deadlines are close to it. And they're, they're not afraid to throw picks out in order to get some guys on the team that are going to make a big difference immediately. And I, mm-hmm. I wish, you know, to your point, you, you bring up the, the lion's, I feel the same way about Dallas. You know, Dallas continually gets into this thing where it's like, oh, we like our guys. I'm like, yeah, but we're, I mean, there's obvious holes. Like Tony Pollard need, needs support. Um, our offensive line can't stay healthy. We could use an extra guy on on the offensive line. Uh, we lost Trevon Diggs for the year. Deron Bland's stepped up and performed very well, but we could use an extra piece in the quarterback room. Like I, there's just, it's frustrating when there's, there's guys out there like that that you have an opportunity to go out and get, and then you see what they got for them yeah uh, you didn't mention Kevin uh, Byard who ended up on uh philadelphia Billy. that yeah. that trade just happened last week, but another situation where they stole him from Tennessee like i i just i don't I don't understand why some of these teams aren't more aggressive, especially when they have the talent to potentially make a deep playoff run and they're maybe just one or two pieces away but um Moving on here, some other headline trades, Uh, Montez Sweat, who you just mentioned, he's heading to the Chicago Bears. Uh, Leonard Williams was traded to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Joshua Dobbs, um, he was uh, announced as not going to be the starter for Arizona, and then within 24 hours, he got shipped out to Minnesota after Kirk Cousins' unfortunate uh, uh, Achilles tear. Uh, Russell Douglas is now in the Buffalo Bills, which is kind of secure up that uh, secondary after some injuries. Donovan Peoples-Jones did get traded to the Detroit Lions, uh Cantavius Street went to the Atlanta Falcons and Ezra Cleveland who's an offensive lineman was traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um in addition to these trades, the the Detroit Lions not only got a big win on Monday but they single-handedly destroyed the Las Vegas Raiders franchise in one night. Uh for those who haven't heard, which I don't know how you must be living under a rock if you haven't heard at this <laughs> point, the Raiders have fired Josh McDaniel, offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, and GM David Ziegler. And they've named linebackers coach Antonio Pierce as interim head coach, likely promoting Scott Turner, which is North Turner's son, to the OC. In addition to that, they also announced that they are benching Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the year and starting Aiden O'Connell. Um, what are what are your thoughts on the table flipping that Mark Davis did after that Lions game in Vegas last night?
1: Yeah, I don't even know where you start with that. Like so now they've got all kinds of money. They're still paying John Gruden as a coach. Like they've got all kinds of money wrapped up in coaching payments. Now Uh apparently you just decide, all right, Jimmy, you're done. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of weird things with all of this. I I don't like, that's one of the things I don't get. Like, it's not like it was his fault. Like, I, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm really, I'm really uh, interested to see how this all goes down. And I like, imagine being Devonte Adams right now. Like, that's all I can think about. Like, what are his thoughts? He has to just, like, he might do an end-season holdout. If I was him, I would just quit. Like, I'll be back next year. This is crazy. Like, I I don't know. I Well, it's an absolute dumpster fire there. And they're not the team that I was expecting to be the first to fire their coach either. So, a lot of very surprising things coming out of Vegas.
0: Yeah, Josh Daniels is less than two years into a six-year contract agreement. So be interested to see what happens there financially. Um, Devontae Adams, like he's very clearly said that he's not happy where he's at right now. They're not getting him the ball. Like they should. I understand to a point, like, I don't know if you watch the watching that lions game, there were two balls that should have been touchdown passes that Jimmy G just yep. launched over Devonte Adams. And I can understand his frustration. Um, so benching Jimmy G I don't think is as necessarily as surprising because he could be a serviceable backup somewhere and maybe they just don't want to risk his injury because he is injury prone the Josh McDaniels and all the rest of this stuff is is nuts um I'll be interested to see how this plays out we're going to talk about the the game coming up here but with Antonio Pierce being the uh the interim head coach it's kind of interesting that his first game is against his old team because he won a Super Bowl with the Giants um so it'll be interesting seem to see how Vegas, uh, comes out and performs. I don't know a whole lot about Aiden O'Connell. Um, I watched a little bit of him in the preseason. Um, but well, I mean, maybe this is all a ploy to try to pull somebody in and it's, it's all inner workings that we're just not, you know, aware of yet. I don't know who's out there from a coaching standpoint that would be available. I don't I don't even I mean, I,
1: yeah I don't even think there would be anything in season. So I mean obviously it would be next year. So maybe yeah. depending on maybe they maybe they're really big fans of Brandon Staley. I don't, <laughs> I don't uh, yeah, that's I, I I surely to God they don't like Ron Rivera. Like I, I don't know. I'm just thinking of coaches who probably will get fired. You would have to think Rivera I, and Staley are on the high high list of that. Um I don't know. There it's a whole interesting thing. I I, I truly don't know where they go from here and what they do. And all I know is um there's a lot of talent on that team. I've said that like probably every week this year. Like that team has great players. Like you have Max Crosby and Devontae Adams. Those are two of the better players on their side of the ball in the league. Like I, I would think you should be able to do something with them, but uh so far, no, nothing. And the AFC West with the Chiefs, I mean, it's not gonna be an easy division ever anyway. So I don't know what their plan is, but it's not looking promising.
0: No, it's not.
1: We'll keep an eye on it as the
0: week progresses here. Uh, Let's jump into a couple other news and notes here. I just mentioned this a little bit ago. Kirk Cousins did tear his right Achilles in the fourth quarter of the Vikings, over the Green Bay Packers and will be out for the season. Uh, Minnesota did make a move and acquire Josh Dobbs from the Arizona Cardinals to step in and lead the Vikings offense for the remainder of the season. Uh, Matthew Stafford has been diagnosed with a UCL sprain in his right thumb. He's listed his day to day. My guess is that he will be playing because he's the toughest son of a bitch in the league, but we'll see what happens there. It is on his throwing hand, So that has something to, to do with, you know, his ability to be able to step on the field. Uh, Kenny Pickett took a hit just before halftime in their loss against the Jaguars on Sunday and was ruled out with a rib injury. He is considered a game time decision, but Pickett has come out and said that he does plan to play tomorrow against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, who's also a teammate of his, suffered a hamstring injury during the same game. He has already been ruled out, so Mika Fitzpatrick will not be playing in the Thursday night matchup. Uh, Giants QB Tyrod Taylor took a hit in the second quarter of their loss to the Jets on Sunday and was taken to the hospital. He stayed overnight for observation and was subsequently released, uh, considered week-to-week. Not as big of a blow to the Giants as Daniel Jones has been cleared for contact and is slated to return this week. Uh, Darren Waller, however, is dealing with a hamstring injury and is considered questionable. Hamstring injuries have bothered Waller throughout his entire career. I uh, will not be surprised if he misses the game on Sunday. Uh, Devontae Parker is in concussion protocol after really hard helmet-to-helmet hit during Sunday's loss to the Dolphins uh, from Miami uh, DB Deshaun Elliott. Before I move on to the rest of these, did you see that hit? Yeah. Do you think that he should have been flagged or thrown out? Because from my standpoint, I watch that over and over again, and I'm like, we go through this all the time with these helmet to helmet hits. What do you want the guy to do? The heads attached to his shoulders. Like, yeah. kids, he did not target his helmet. Like, I I do not think that Twitter blew was, up over that hit, and I yeah. just I don't
1: agree. There was one in college football that was really interesting this week too with uh, Shiloh Sanders. And against Colorado UCLA game, same. Yeah, it hit him. It was clear as day hit him in the side and might have like halfway grazed his helmet. It wasn't even near contact. And they ejected him, too. I, I don't know. It's that's one of those things that there's there's too much you can't give. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago with referees and our thoughts on that. There's there's too much referee influence and opinion. They need to make more straightforward rules with this because. Anytime you give these guys opinions, it's it's not good.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I just I. I'm all for playing a safe game, but it's a violent sport. Like, I, I don't know what you want to yeah. do about that. I, I don't know. I don't know how defensive players. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to waste any more time on it. It's just it's frustrating. It's somebody who loves the defensive side of the ball. It's really aggravating that guys can come up and do what I consider to be clean hits and then get hit with a 15 yard penalty, if not ejected from the game, like it's just silly.
1: Yeah. The one, th- um, the one thing I'll at least give credit to the NFL for is you, you at least don't see the ridiculous ejections in the NFL nearly as much like in college. It is atrocious. Like guys missing four quarters of football because of an, an unintentional hit sometimes. Like, it, yeah, I, I don't know. That's one of the rules that really drives me nuts in college. that I think they need to change and just go to the 15 yard penalty.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, wrapping up some news notes here, Devonte Parker, uh, we talked about him. Parker's teammate, Kendrick Bourne, suffered an ACL tear during the loss of the Dolphins. He's out for the season, clearing the way for more work for rookie DeMario Douglas. Uh, Atlanta defensive tackle Grady Jarrett also suffered an ACL injury. He's out for the year. Drake London, who's also on the Falcons, is dealing with a groin injury, and he is considered day to day. All right, let's jump into week nine picks. Um, our first game here, our Thursday night matchup, features the three and four Tennessee Titans heading to Steel City to face off against the four and three Pittsburgh Steelers. The Titans are coming off a 28-23 victory last week against the Falcons where Ricky QB Will Levis pulled out the butter knife and spread on the Hellmans with the four-touchdown performance while the Steelers are looking to bounce back from a 10-20 home loss against the Jaguars and head into the game with a battered Kenny Pickett who's dealing with a rib injury. Tennessee sits third in the AFC South, while the Steelers are second in the AFC North. Steelers are favored by two and a half.
1: This is a little bit of a tough one. Levis uh, obviously going to have his first true start here on the road at Pitt. Um, Pitt's had their issues too. Uh, Pitt, at least I will say, is one of those environments that is a difference maker. I think it will be a hostile crowd. This is a tough one for me. I I think I'll take Pitt minus the two and a half in this.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see this game because Will Evis was laying it out uh, last week in Pittsburgh's secondary suspect. Um, He's going to go up against a strong pass rush, though, so it'll be fun to see how he handles the pressure in his second week. The Titans haven't won a road game yet, but Pickett also doesn't look healthy, and the Steelers, for some reason, can't run the ball despite having two really good running backs on their team. So who knows if Pickett's going to hold up all game with this rib injury. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh here to cover, but this, I agree with you. This is a tough game to predict. I would not be surprised if Tennessee comes out with a win here. Our Sunday games kick off with a huge matchup at 9:30 in Frankfurt, Germany with a battle of six and two squads as the Miami dolphins match up against the Kansas city chiefs. Miami is coming off a 31 to 17 win against the Patriots. While the chiefs looked to bounce back after snapping several streaks in their loss to the Denver Broncos. So check this out prior to the loss on Sunday, The Chiefs had 16 straight wins against the Broncos, 13 straight division wins in a six game win streak going. Patrick Mahomes had 29 straight games with the passing touchdown, 16 straight world wins against the AFC West and 12 straight wins against the Broncos. All of those were broken on Sunday. Miami sits in the first place uh, with the AFC East while the Chiefs maintain a large lead in the AFC West. KC is the technical home team here, but with it being in Germany, that doesn't really matter. They are favored by two and a half.
1: Uh, yeah, this is a great game. Uh, It's unfortunate. It's so damn early in the morning, but it it is going to be a great game. I, uh, I'm taking the chiefs here. I, I just like, I think they'll keep, I I know that the rare loss to Denver, which is something they haven't done in a long time, but I do like the chiefs to bounce back here and get the win. Um, it was nice to see last week, the return of Jalen Ramsey, one of my favorite players in the NFL. I had an interception first game back. Um, Obviously, I will be rooting for him, but I I do like the Chiefs in this one to to rebound.
0: Yeah, Pat Mahomes was clearly sick last week and tried playing through it, but he couldn't pull that Jordan-esque moment together. He should be good to go this week, but he is facing a Miami team that's getting healthier, especially on the defensive side of the ball with Jalen Ramsey back in action. Uh, Couple this with the fact that it's home game and in a neutral environment. I think Miami finds a way to pull this one out, so I'm going to take Miami here plus the points. The three and five LA Rams head north to green Bay to face off against a two and five green Bay Packers team. The Rams look to bounce back after an ugly 20 to 43 loss to the Dallas Cowboys last week, while the Packers look to break up their four game losing streak after starting the season two and one in losing to the Vikings, 10 to 24 on Sunday. Uh, Matt Stafford, as we discussed, is nursing a thumb injury that could hinder his ability to grip the ball, while the Packers are hoping Jordan Love can begin to show some signs of improvement quickly. The Rams and Packers both sit in third place in their respective divisions, and Green Bay is favored by three.
1: Yeah, this one's obviously huge on the Stafford injury. Um, I think if Stafford plays and he can actually hold the ball, I I think that the Rams are all right. Um, I'm going to make my pick based on Stafford playing, so I'm going to take the Rams plus the three.
0: Yeah, this one's hard because, again, we don't have any idea if Stafford can play or not. My assumption, though, is based on how tough he is, he's going to be on the field. Who knows if he can grip the ball. If Rampin's the starter, I would go with Green Bay, but I'm going to take a shot that Stafford toughs this one out, so I'll take the Rams here plus three as well. The sliding three and four Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to Houston after losing 18-24 to to the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo last Thursday to face a three and four Texans team that just handed Bryce Young his first win of his career in a 13-15 to loss to the Carolina Panthers. Tampa Bay has lost their last three after starting the year three and one while the Houston Texans look to get back on track after losing two of the last three and widening the gap between them and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tampa Bay currently sits in third in the NFC South while the Texans are second in the AFC South. Houston is favored by three here at home.
1: Yeah, I'm actually going to roll with Tampa here. Uh, Houston last week, I know that they uh, had that (laughs) last minute loss to Carolina, but the uh, I just like Tampa. I, I just I think their offense is still too much. They've got to rebound at some point. Um, I, I don't know. I think the beginning of season Tampa is more realistic than the last few weeks, Tampa. So I think they'll bounce back and show a little bit more promise on offense this week and get
0: yeah, we're, we're flipped on this one. This is a decent matchup for the Texans, I think, because their defensive weakness is Tampa Bay's offensive weakness, which is the run game. So that flips the script to me to the passing game. And I think Houston has a matchup edge there with Houston's offense versus Tampa's secondary. So I'm going to go with the Texans minus the three to get a win at home. Although with this sitting at three, it could have been up as a push, uh, but I am going to go with the Texans. The 3-5 and five Washington Commanders head to Foxborough to match up against the 2-6 and six New England Patriots. Washington is coming off a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles where they were very much in the game throughout while the Patriots head home after 17-31 loss to the Miami Dolphins. An interesting matchup as the Commanders shipped out two of their best defensive players while the Patriots look to get their third win while battling multiple key injuries. Washington sits third in the NFC East while the Pats are last in the AFC East. New England's favored by 3.5 at home.
1: Yeah. I'm going to take new England. Uh, offense has shown a little bit more promise the last few weeks. I Washington, it's, it's hard to see a team that just got rid of two of their better players. Like, I mean, that has to do something to the team. I feel like that has to be a kind of morale killer. Uh, I I'm going to take new England to get the cover here.
0: Yeah. Another tough one to predict because they did just ship out its pass rush and Mac Jones doesn't have a lot of weapons right now to throw to because of all these injuries. Um, if it's going to end up in a shootout, I think Sam Howell has a slight edge here in terms of offensive weapons. I think this could potentially be a low-scoring game if the Patriots do get after Howell often, but I'm going to take the Commanders here plus the points. The 2-6 and six Chicago Bears continue their road trip by heading to the Big Easy to face off against the 4-4 four and four New Orleans Saints. The Bears are coming off a 13-30 loss to the LA Chargers on Sunday night, while the Saints return home after beating a Colts team 38-27. Chicago sits in last place in the NFC North by half a game while the Saints sit in a tie for first with the Atlanta Falcons but are currently second based on tiebreaker. New Orleans is favored by seven and a half.
1: Yeah, seven and a half seems like a lot for this game. Um, I know Saints are at home. That's probably where that extra few is coming from, but I, I'll take New Orleans to cover here. I, I don't really like this, though. I wish it was more six and a half than seven and a half, but I'll uh, I'll take New Orleans.
0: Yeah, that's why they're doing that. (laughs) Uh, It looks like Bajan's playing again, which doesn't bode well for the Bears. Carr looks like he's back to being healthy. Kamara's starting to get his legs out from under him a little bit more. Taysom Hill provided some extra juice in that last game, so I'm going to take the Saints here at home minus the points as well. All right, the 4-4 four and four Minnesota Vikings look to keep their three-game winning streak alive despite losing Kirk Cousins for the year after beating the Packers in Lambeau 24-10 as they hit the road to meet the Atlanta Falcons, who also sit at 4-4 four four after losing last week to the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. Minnesota traded for Josh Dobbs yesterday, and it remains to be seen if they start Dobbs or if they go with one of their backups in Jaron Hall or Nick Mullins, while the Falcons look for Taylor Heineke to provide a spark after benching Desmond Ritter. The Vikings are second in the NFC North behind the Detroit Lions, while the Falcons currently maintain a tight lead in the NFC South. Atlanta is favored by four and a half.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any connection with Dobbs and Kevin O'Connell, so I, I would be surprised if he could play this week. Um, I'm going to take Atlanta. I, I really like Heineke. I've, I liked him in Washington. I, I'm glad he's getting a chance because I didn't think Ritter was worth a damn. So I, I am glad to see Heineke getting the start, and I, I'll take Atlanta to come
0: yeah, tough break for the Vikings after losing Cousins for the year. With this game in Atlanta and the Minnesota offense dealing with multiple injuries, Atlanta should get the W here at home. So I'm with you. I'm going to yeah. take the Falcons here minus the points.
1: Real tough break for them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The uh, the one and seven Arizona Cardinals, Traverseville, Ohio, after losing four, 24 to 31 to the Baltimore Ravens to face a four and three Cleveland Browns team who is returning home after losing 20 to 24 to the Seattle Seahawks. Arizona now has a QB dilemma after shipping Josh Dobbs to Minnesota and currently plan on starting Clayton tune. If Kyler Murray is not ready to return while the Browns sit in their own QB dilemma as PJ Walker has been starting in replacement of Deshaun Watson, as he attempts to get healthy, Arizona sits last in the NFC West while the Browns are in a three-way tie for second place, but technically sit third behind the Steelers in the AFC North Atlanta is favored by, or excuse me, Cleveland is favored by seven and a half.
1: Yeah, I'll take Cleveland. Uh, I'll take Schwartz to have a defense ready to play the Nick tunes. So I I'm not too worried about them. They uh, I think Cleveland might even shut them out in this game. I'm taking Cleveland, Cleveland big.
0: Yeah. I thought this game was going to be a lock for the Browns before the card ship dobs out. I don't think Kyler's playing in this one. So this should be an easy dub for the Browns. I'm taking Cleveland here. Minus the points. The first of our 4 p.m. games features the 3-5 and 5 Indianapolis Colts as they head to Charlotte after a 27-38 loss to the New Orleans Saints at home to meet a 1-6 Carolina Panthers team that just secured its first win of the year after beating the Texans 15-13 last week at home. The Colts continue to slide as they have lost three straight since losing Anthony Richardson to season-ending surgery, while the Carolina Panthers look to continue their momentum from last week and secure their second straight win. The Colts and Panthers both sit at the bottom of their divisions. Indy is favored by 2.5.
1: Sorry. Uh, I thought we were on Seattle, Baltimore. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm i going to take the Colts in this one. I like the Colts on the road. I, Carolina did have a nice win last week. Yeah, I'm going
0: with the Colts here as well. Jonathan Taylor's also getting his legs back under him at the right time. Carolina has a horrible run defense. Indy's also got better weapons on offense as a whole and has been in the last two games. Uh, they've lost, so I'm taking Indy here minus the points. A huge divisional matchup in the biggest game of the week potentially features the 5 and 2 Dallas Cowboys heading to Philly after beating the LA Rams 43 to 20 to meet the 7 and 1 Philadelphia Eagles who return home after beating the Washington Commanders 38 to 31 last week. Both teams have won their last two games. Philadelphia remains unbeaten at home so far at 3 and 0 while the Cowboys have split their first four road games 2 and 2. The Eagles and Cowboys set 1-2 in the NFC East, neither of which will change regardless of the game's outcome. Philly is favored by three.
1: Yeah, I like Philly at home. Um, Dallas had a nice win last week, came out and attacked the Rams from the very beginning. Um, But I I do like Philly going back home. I know they just had a tough game last week also, but I like them at home to cover um, and kind of make a statement for the division.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, Dak's playing really well. Sounds like Jalen Hurts isn't 100. Uh, percent My hope is that Quinn has this defense ready to go, and we can continue causing turnovers that can convert into points. I'm being a little bit of a homer here, but I'm going with my Cowboys here plus the three. The last of our 4 p.m. games has the two and six New York, New York Giants facing off against the three and five Las Vegas Raiders. The Giants lost in overtime last week to the Jets and have Daniel Jones coming back in action this week, while the Raiders play on a short week. After After losing to the Detroit Lions Monday night and subsequently losing Josh McDaniels, benching Jimmy G and uh, firing what sounds like half the people in that building. Uh, Antonio Pierce has been named the interim head coach who is in his second season as linebackers coach. He has seven years of coaching experience and nine years of NFL playing experience. Coincidentally, Pierce's first game as coach is against his former team where he won a Super Bowl in 2007. The Giants sit in the last place of the NFC East, while the Raiders are third in the AFC West, a half game behind the Chargers. The Raiders are favored here by two and a half.
1: Yeah, a lot of times you see in that first game with an interim coach, teams play really well. Um, A lot of times, though, they're also not benching their starting quarterback. So I'm going against that. I'm going to take the Giants
0: Yeah, the Giants get a little healthier uh, with Daniel Jones back in action, but Waller is likely going to be out. So that eliminates one of their two primary weapons. And I don't think they can win the game just by giving the ball to Barkley every play. If Vegas can hit on a couple of those plays uh, where Jimmy G airballed it over Devante with Aiden O'Connell, they should be able to win this game. So I'm going to take the Raiders here minus the points. Another big game this week with our Sunday night matchup is the 5-3 Buffalo Bills head to Cincy after beating the Bucks at home 24-18 to face off against the Cincinnati Bengals team who are 4-3 and on a three-game winning streak after beating the San Francisco 49ers 31-17 in San Fran. Both teams desperately need to win this game as the Bills sit one game out of first place in the AFC East while the Bengals are in a three-way tie for second in the AFC North but technically sit in last. There's some special meaning to this game as Demar Hamlin returns to Cincinnati healthy and in uniform for Buffalo after suffering cardiac arrest last year on the field in January. Uh, the Bengals are favored by two and a half.
1: Yeah, Cincinnati's kind of owned the matchup recently in this one. I, I like Cincinnati at home. To I, I actually think that they put on quite a show in this one. I like Cincinnati a lot in this one.
0: Yeah, big game here. Burrow's back to being Burrow at the right time. They desperately need to keep winning to get back into playoff contention. The Bengals have shown they can score against the best after what they did in San Fran's last week, so I'm with you. I'm taking Cincy here at home. Last game of the week here, our Monday night matchup features the 3-4 and four LA Chargers who hit the road to the Big Apple after a 30-13 win against the Chicago Bears to match up against a 4-3 and three New York Jets team that is coming off an overtime win against the New York Giants and are a three-game winning streak. The Chargers are sitting in second in the AFC West while the Jets are sitting third in the AFC East. Half a game behind the Buffalo Bills. The Chargers are favored by three.
1: Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, Monday night in New York. I'm really back and forth on this one. Uh, I will go Jets. I like Jets at home.
0: Zach Wilson needs to do better than 17 to 36, and it definitely can't be the leading rusher like he was last week. Brees Hall needs to get back in the picture there. Uh, that said, I think the Jets can get right in this game at home. Salah's defense can outcoach Kellen Moore and Brandon Staley. I think this could be a close game, but I'm going to take the Jets here at home.
1: I uh, I do want to throw in. I I don't think we picked Seattle, Baltimore.
0: We did not pick Seattle, Baltimore. I don't know how that happened. Well, let's pick Seattle, Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know uh, the my notes here. I guess I must have deleted it by for for some reason. Um, yeah, so the Seattle Seahawks, who are let me pull up the uh, standings here. Seattle Seahawks are currently sitting at five and two. Uh, they are on a two game winning streak, and they are heading to Baltimore uh, to face off against the uh, six and two Baltimore Ravens, who are on a three game winning streak. And Baltimore is currently favored in this game by five and a half.
1: I am taking Baltimore. I like Baltimore at home in this one. Um, kind of a Seattle, this is kind of a big one for them, though. If they can get a win here, uh, they got a sneaky shot at maybe outside winning that NFC West. So it, it's kind of a big game for them. But I, I do like Baltimore to get the win at home.
0: Yeah, big game for both of these teams. Uh, Baltimore needs to keep it rolling, especially here in Baltimore. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit too much for Seattle to go up against this team at home. Um, very well, could be a touchdown game uh, or a single score game here, uh, but I'm going to take Baltimore here to uh, to take it at home plus the or minus the five and a half. All right, it is time.
1: It's coming. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) Waiting on it. Uh, time for locks here, guys. Um, I am eight and zero in locks this year. Uh, Workman is five and three in locks. Uh, to remind everybody, we both had our lock last week with Detroit. Uh, Bye week teams, just so you guys know, this week are Denver, Detroit, Jacksonville, and San Francisco. Workman, who are you locking in on this week?
1: I'm bouncing between two of them right now. i I'm I'm, hmm. I'm gonna go Sunday night. Give me Cincinnati minus two and a half.
0: Right on, right on. I
1: calm down over there. I've got a door
0: yeah. to slam. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Uh I'm locking in on New Orleans over the Bears this week. I think Vagent's gonna be facing a noisy crowd in New Orleans, and the Saints offense should put points up on this Bears defense despite the addition of Montez Sweat. So lock me in on New Orleans over the Bears at six and a half.
1: All right, I, guys. I was gonna say I, I think we bump. I think we picked that at seven and a half.
0: Yeah. Seven and a half doesn't matter i'm still going
1: with new orleans over the bears you were trying to sneak a point in there i, I don't yeah, think that's I, in that's not in that's, the rules if that's the in a, case I'm, i want sneaking
0: this. a point in i'm trying not to pick the baltimore seattle game i'm a mess this week it's it's all the, i still have all that uh makeup for my halloween costume in my eyes i guess <laughs> all right guys Reese, um that's it, <laughs> uh, that's it for us uh that's it for us um once again good luck to the uh delta high school football eagles and their big matchup on friday against uh garrett um hopefully we can get coach ovi back on the the show here after a big win um looking forward to watching you guys play there. Uh, workman you have any thoughts as we close Uh, out here
1: yeah we're gonna see if we're gonna go caden bond over 200 yards this week that's gonna be my my prediction
0: all right well caden if you're listening man Better hit that he's ground running.
1: Up, he's going over 200 and Delta's going to be lifting the sectional championship trophy.
0: All right. Lock it in. I need that lock sound one more time.
1: Oh, no. Oh, you're going to have to Caden, get me.
0: Caden Bond over 200 yards.
1: Locked. He's going to do it.
0: Delta Eagles winning the sectional championship. Here one more time. Locked. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, for Jacob Borkman, this is Reese Downing, TNT, Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast, NFL Edition Week 9. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on all the socials, uh, share, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff, and we will see you guys next week. Cheers.
1: Yep, no eating them up. We're on bye.
0: Cheers.